Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And on today on the show, we have Ryan Muirhead. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? Ryan, we're so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for for joining us. Um, do yeah, you mind of course. In- introducing yourself to our listeners and giving us a background on how you got into photography? Uh, yeah, no problem. My name's Ryan Muirhead. I currently live in Portland, Oregon. I got into photography. I was working on movie sets. I was a camera assistant and a film loader. My dad was a camera operator and cinematographer and steady cam operator oh, growing up. Okay. So I eventually just got some jobs with him and I was working as a camera assistant and I was really depressed. And Mm. one of the friends I made on a movie set gave me the suggestion, like, you should try, you know, making something you should, because I was Mormon at the time. Uh, Mm. I grew up Mormon and it was not going well. And mixed with that was kind of a real difficulty with talking about what was going on with me or Mm. being able to vocalize things that I felt contrary to the community I was in. Um, And a friend that I had been talking to in private suggested I make something since I I couldn't seem to find the tools to talk about Mm. it or deal with it. And I wasn't artistic at all. I tried drawing, I tried all the art class stuff and I was terrible at it. And so she just said, well, you should just do photography. You know, it's, you know, the Canon 5Ds had recently come out and stuff. She's like, (laughs) even if you don't know what to do, you can set it to the green box setting on the camera (laughs) and it does most of the work. And that seemed like an interesting idea. Like, and I think that's one of the more controversial, not fights I get into online, but I'm always saying like... (laughs) Photography is phenomenally easy. Mm-hmm. And yes, then you have to really dedicate yourself to it and try and find a way to make it yours and learn how to express yourself and get to know it. But to say that photography is difficulty in the same way that sculpting is difficult is right. insane. Because there's wow, no yeah. chisel with a green box that if you just pointed at something, <laughs> right. it's put it on a auto. really yep. nice looking something. So I, I think photographers can get defensive about that. And that's fine. When I was in uh, art. I, I got a degree in photography eventually. When I was in art school, the photo students were so defensive because, you know, photography is the bastard child of the arts yeah. and all yeah. the other yeah. artists are like, you're not real artists. And we always had, you know, then we got all riled up and we were going to yeah. fight them. <laughs> and, and then in the end, I kind of ended up on the other side of it. Like, yeah, they're right. But with a really, really grateful twist, like I wouldn't have been an artist without it. Like I right. don't have that yeah. natural pl- proclivity for the other stuff. 
And since there is this tool that can do 90% of the work of presenting something that someone could look at and say, that's nice, it gave me the chance to kind of pour myself into it and put in that other 10% to make it personal and meaningful and what I wanted it to be. But I'm grateful it's so easy at its core. Wow. I I love two things about that. I love when we have guests on, I love hearing the story of like the moment when it happened. Mm-hmm. Like somebody was like, saw something in you and was like, here, this is what I think. And it happened for me too. My, my, my high school boyfriend, I would take, I would have like photo albums all, always like pictures of prom or whatever, <laughs> always with me. And he was like, I think you should be a photographer. He said the words to me and I didn't even Light realize bulb. it. And I was like, yeah, like the ding, you know? And the second thing is talk, speak, like I shoot with point and shoots a lot of the time because I don't want the stuff to get in the way yeah. because I just want to make art. Not, not that I would call myself an artist, but I just want to create the image, you know? I've, yeah. I've actually been doing tons of that lately. One of my absolute mm. favorite things about film photography is when you really need to switch up your perspective or switch up mm-hmm. your mood, there's cameras that function in an entirely yes. different way. You know, like going from a Canon digital that I've had to a Fuji digital that I now have, it's basically the same process, but switching to a TLR or switching to my four by five camera or switching to a f- point and shoot really recontextualizes it. And I've actually been doing tons of point and shoot lately. And it oh, solved, cool. uh, it solved yeah. one of my longest ongoing problems in photography. Something that has really eats at me is I feel like all my good work is me alone in a room with people over many, many hours where it's mm. quiet. And I get, I, I, have an ability to notice things or capture things in a certain way that to me is my work. But then I started traveling and I'd speak at conferences or you go to a new Mm -hmm. city and I'd always take that day to, I'm in Rome. I've never been. I'm going to walk around the city. I've got my Leica. I've got my Pentax. I'm going to, this isn't really my wheelhouse, but I'm going to make this work. And it was not good. Over and over <laughs> and over and over, you know, I'd take out a Leica and I'd shoot seven frames on the street, but I mean, seven rolls on the street, but I'm too scared to talk to people. And I yeah. don't really have a gift for shooting objects or landscapes or buildings. And I would send it off and I'd get the film back and be like, oh, this sucks. And mm. the disappointment of that. And then it's like, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's just keep going. But like 10 years into doing it, it, it was really like a source of, frustration for me. Like I'm in a place, my way of communicating is documenting the stuff around me. I put a lot of expectation and effort into shooting out here in stuff that isn't my normal work. And then I hate it and it makes me really upset. And just this last year, I had the idea. um, I got the Fuji GA645, the 645 medium format point and shoot camera. And I said, this is my camera for that now. When I'm in a city, I'll have it on me. I'm not even using exposure compensation. I'm going to shoot this thing in P. If I see yeah, something that looks yeah. interesting, I'll turn and press the shutter at it. But I'm going to yeah. remove this. I'm out here trying. I'm going to be good at this. Like, And then the added benefit of a 645 negative, they're beautiful. Yeah. So now oh, yeah. I, I tried it for the first time when I was speaking in London and I shot like four rolls in the city and I got it back and like, I don't know, like eight or nine of the frames out of the four rolls were like really beautiful. And the amount of effort I had put into it versus how much I enjoyed the larger negative in the few frames I got, I was like, Mm. oh, this is it. This is what I'm going to do forever now. I don't want to say given up on being good at that kind of work, but I 
you know, I can just recognize like, this is not what you're drawn to. This is not what you express yourself with. This is not Mm -hmm. your vocabulary. So stop caring. I know you don't want to stop shooting. So, you know, reduce it to, (laughs) I just pushed. And I had tried that with 35 millimeter cameras, but then the crunchiness and graininess and, you know, I was just like, they're still not very good. So for me, the 645 point and shoot solved a gigantic photography problem for me. That's great when you find a tool for that stuff. Oh, such a good feeling. But it's so it's so true because, you know, a lot of when people say like you have an eye, I really believe that as for, you know, people who are musicians and can just play, you know, I feel like the really good photographers have the eye. So it doesn't Mm. matter like what whatever the, 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 you know, letting that stuff get out of the way for the image, I think is really important because people gatekeep that stuff too like well you're not point and shoot it's not art yeah. that way because this and that it's like okay but we'll look at the image like look at the image <laughs> you, can, you can easily disprove that though just point him to terry yeah. richardson one of the greatest artists of our time i'm <laughs> just i'm just kidding yeah, like, i'm just trying like, to wait, ruin, wait, wait, i'm just wait, trying to ruin wait. your podcast first the We're first complaints here. are rolling in <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious Man. Although, sake, I was like, uh. although finding the good in everybody, I also recently got the Yashica T4, the camera he yes. uses, oh. and that is the best lens on any point and shoot I've ever used. Better than the Contact T3. When oh, I first wow. got it, I was wow. all bummed that it wasn't a 2.8 <laughs> lens, but it's way sharper and clearer and prettier. And the close focus distance on the Ashika T4 is like 10 inches or something. I've been doing like close up portraits with it. I'll send you a couple of those and they've turned out beautifully. Mm. That's my that's my point and shoot. Yeah, that's, that's what Chris's I, jam that's, right there. That's my my love of my life. So <laughs> what we've learned is Terry Richardson has really inspired both of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yep. That's yep. from Ryan yep. and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment over here. Okay. <laughs> Timothy taking the smart road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I wanted to I wanted to kind of touch back a little bit towards the beginning of, you know, you were saying yeah, how how you know, you just were kind of living in misery until photography mm. kind of oh, reared I'm still its... living in misery, but now I'm good at <laughs> photography. <laughs> I can relate. I just, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm on the same path as you when you, when I hear this story of yours, because, mm. you know, same thing I've, I was trying to, I wanted to paint. I always wanted to be a painter. Like my dad's a very successful musician and it's like, I kind of can play guitar a little bit. I'm, I can drum, you know, but I'm not like there with that either. And then I found photography and it was like, holy shit, something i you know, and yeah. again, it's you're pointing your lens at something and there's again, it's not the hardest thing in the world, but it's so fulfilling. Yeah. Was it was it the act of photography that was bringing oh, you out yeah. or was it the kind of just growing in general with photography, like doing the model stuff and then learning mm. like what was it that was kind of getting you out of your cocoon? Well, man, it's it's almost hard for me not to do like a two hour version of this. But the real short <laughs> answer is. Okay, it's not the real short answer. It's the medium <laughs> answer. Um, we'll, we'll take it. Like we'll take four it. years before I ever took a photo, I was I was really, really struggling. And I had a friend I was working with on a movie set that I had been sharing some of what was going on with me. One mm. day into the camera truck, he brought the first album by The Used. Yeah. And he, oh, and he said, you should listen to this. Like, And he, he got a specific song. He said, listen wow. to this song. This reminds me of you. And I put it on and I was scared and Mormon and there was screaming and everything. And I was like, oh, I don't like it. And he kind of said like, yeah, that's, that's not really what I mean though. Like 
this feels like you. Wow. And that was looking back on it, that was kind of a big eye-opening moment. And so I did. I started listening to it. And I reckon, you know, once I got past the, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. I, I saw the like, oh, this does feel like me. And then I got obsessed with it. Then I wow. then I listened yeah. to that album nonstop until now and ongoing. But right. like four <laughs> years later, it was probably probably about four years later when I started taking my first images, maybe, maybe a little less. I don't know. The timeline's so weird, but yeah, you know, I, I shot flowers and kids and sunsets and a wedding and babies and a model mm. and everything. But I quickly came to the realization, like what I want is to participate in that thing that I felt. I want mm. to make something that makes me feel what I felt listening to that. Yeah. And in a way that turned into what I see as one of my greatest strengths and also something that led to one of my like saddest realizations is that for better or for worse, I've never been that sensitive to other people's opinion about my work. When that mm. clicked that I want to make something that when I pull it up, when I see the negative, when I hold the print. I will feel what I felt listening to that album. And I knew I wasn't going to lie to myself about it. I knew I wasn't going to be like, well, maybe I do, or it's kind of, I knew when I saw it that I would know. And it, right. I don't think it happened, you know, it happened in small amounts like, oh, you're getting better and this does feel more like you. But I don't think it happened for years and years and years. And if I'm being totally honest, it's probably happened with 10 images in my whole life that okay, hit to but, the yeah. level of uh. like, this is it. And the top three images I've ever made in my entire life that really fulfill that for me, I haven't put on social media. Oh, wow. wow. But so what I was, I guess what I was trying to say is for better or for worse, I was my own worst critic, but my own biggest supporter in what I was trying to do too. So I really just had my head down, like working on that. Like when you see it, you will know. And I feel really, really fortunate that thousands of little times and like 10 huge times that's happened for me. But the flip side of what made that so hard was I was sure in the six or seven years before I ever made my first image like that, when you make one like that, you will feel better. Like you will love your, you will love yourself more. Like it will heal mm. some of these wow. wounds or it'll change who you are or where you came from. And while I'm super grateful to have participated in the experiences that led to those images, it was a real sad realization that it didn't change a lot about me. Mm. I think the journey to make something like that changed me and was really fulfilling and profound, but mm. I was hoping for a salvation kind of experience yeah. that didn't really happen. That makes so much more sense because I've, I've I've kind of heard you touch on this subject a couple times and I I I get it now because you said mm. that that it was just a you know ten times or a handful of times that you felt that because like I I felt that too like where I've created something that was like 
I'm speaking through that. Like what I'm feeling is finally being portrayed in what I'm what I'm doing, but it's not every time. See, I was under the impression listening to you that this was something that was like a regular for you and right. for other artists that talk about stuff like that. So that just gives me a little relief that <laughs> I'm not missing out or I'm doing something wrong to to not have that every time. What did become regular is figuring out how I wanted to shoot, like what mattered to me, like how I wanted to talk to people, how I would make the images meaningful for them, how I would get to the end of the shoot and be proud of how I spent my time and proud of how I communicated. Mm. And that's a really regular thing. Like this was, this was good. This was meaningful. This was respectful. This was interesting. But the peak experience stuff of seeing one of my, it's kind of weird to talk about because I feel like that's another thing I kind of deviate from other photographers in of, I hear a lot of the artist talk of like, oh, you're never totally satisfied or you're, the next best mm. image is the next one or, right. you know, I, you know, I, or a little bit of like self-deprecation of like, well, it's not that great, but, and, and to me, I, I have a, I mean, and I, or like, what's your favorite image? Like, oh, I don't have right. one, you know, like, how could you choose? I absolutely have a number one image right. I've ever made in my <laughs> yeah. entire life. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the experience of shooting it was so special. And I obviously it was on film. So, you know, I didn't see, see it, but everything that went into it was such a big deal for me. And I had all these hopes for it, but I was shooting it underexposed and I was shooting it on an expired Cinestill and I was shooting it with motion and I sent it away. And like three weeks later, cause it was on a trip and I, it took weeks to send my film to Indie Film oh, Lab and man. all that. Yeah. And when I was going through it, you know, the orders started coming in and I was arrowing through them and a lot of them were totally ruined, like too much. And I got to a frame and in a, millionth of a second i was oh, like yeah oh my god that's it that's that mm. i mean like that's what you were trying to make for like 15 yeah. years like that's it for wow. sure and i knew instantly that it was my favorite photo i had ever made in my life and and has been to that day and i i love that that happened because it's so cool to be able to say you know that's just an amazing life experience but i gotta say that the downhill from peak experiences is really hard to adjust to because now sure. when I'm shooting or I get something back, my brain goes, this is infinitely less good than that. Or, mm. you know, you're, you know, it's nice that you did this, but like this pales in comparison to, to both that experience and that image. And, and that, that, that's hard for me. And it kind of, I had one year, I think I made all three or four of those images that I would call like my top four in a period of like 14 months. Wow. Oh, and okay. it was so high that then, you know, coming down from those made me shoot less and made me in a way like sadder. It's, it's, it's been really weird to be on a different trajectory from a time period you were at. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like almost like you're chasing a high, you know, like, I mean, you essentially are, but, would you say you, you come down off of those and you're like in a rut creatively or are you, are you still like out there shooting and creating Trying. or do you like, what do you do when you, like that swing happens Man, it, to stay inspired? It, it's so hard to answer that because it's so inconsistent with what's going on. Mm. I'll, I'll have months and trips of shooting a lot and then I'll have tons of not doing it. And COVID took so much out of me. Like oh, I had a bunch of conferences and a bunch of trips. I was supposed to go to Japan for the first time. I had like, you know, like everyone, just so yeah. many yep. things cancel. And it took so much out of me. Like it's been really hard to restart of like, well, now you can do it again. Like yeah. just go like the, the energy, energy shift of that was really hard, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying currently. Like there was a point where 
I really wasn't shooting very much at all. And I'm trying to mm. make more of an effort of setting stuff up and doing it. Man. Yeah. COVID, COVID screwed everybody up, man. <sighs> mm. Yeah. So you you said you are you are kind of getting the ball rolling again now. I know you don't, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but maybe <laughs> well, just just trying to shoot and and you know, I I know you don't. Well, at least you said in previous interviews that you don't. You're not like a paid work photographer. You're not like a for hire yeah. photographer. So yeah, I'm do not. you are you like booked out in advance for yourself, or is it just kind of like? Oh, you know, April 17th, let's do this here. And then you go and do that. Or how, how does your whole work process go? I'm so, as you might know from the emails of trying to schedule this podcast, <laughs> I have a phenomenally hard time visualizing the future. Like I, mm. yeah. I've gotten on a plane to Rome before without knowing where I was staying that night, oh, just wow. because I have such a hard time being like, you need to book your hotel room for tomorrow. And, and and without the resources to really take care of myself either. But um, so almost all my work happens on trips. I almost never shoot at home because once I get wow. out of the house, then I'm like more in adventure mode. So most of my work will come from I'm going on it. I'm teaching a workshop and then I'm going to spend some time in this city and I try to connect with people who live there or um, I do very little of like I'm at home and I'm going to schedule this photo shoot. Okay. It's almost all trips because my mental state's a lot better when I'm not at home. Yeah. yeah, I can I can relate to that. I would say most of my imagery that I've shared as like my work is taken not in the city I was currently living in. Well, wow, so, so you must have to, it seems like it would make it harder to find all the resources to, to schedule something because, you know, I, you're in a new place and don't know, you know, where you are, but but is that part of it? Like it's the exciting part of like going to find no, the location? No, I do, I do gonna... a very, very poor job of it. Like I'm, I'm always frustrated at the end of the trips that I didn't set it up better or write yeah. people days in advance so they could have done it. Yeah, a lot of my, a lot of my favorite work was years ago when I, I had a friend Rachel that I made tons of work with, and we were both mm. able to leave for weeks at a time together. So then it was yeah. like, oh, the person will be there now. You don't have to figure out shooting. Yeah. Uh, twice we went to Europe for five weeks without oh, like man. a huge plan. So we just had tons and tons of time to let stuff happen. The dream, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think, do you think you're like chaos of travel? Is that, do you leave it like that? So maybe some sort of magic mm. happens or is it just no, kind I, of like. If I you... could trade my brain for someone who could okay. plan organize, <laughs> I would do it in a heartbeat. See, I'm I'm the same way, man. Like we have a New York thing coming up. We're going to pull a con for New York. And yeah. I know me. I'll be putting everything off till two days before we're supposed to go. And it's not how I want to do things. <laughs> I get yeah. it though. Like I totally get it. I'm just the same way. So when you started with the the digital camera, I, th I also think it's cool that you were on set because that's part of my work. I'm an on set photographer. Oh, cool. And yeah, and the the natural thing would be to like turn into a stills photographer. Um, did you ever try try that at all while you're on set, like doing the stills behind like BTS or anything? Yeah, I think it's the only thing I've ever been fired from in my entire life. <laughs> I, try, I tried doing it and got fired from a movie and gave up on it. Wait, wait, only because <laughs> only because like if I got fired, I think off a movie, I don't know if I would quit for like that's what happened. I'm I'm. At what I do for me, at, at the way I shoot, I found a way to make stuff that feels 
really good and personal in how to make my work. If I'm working under conditions for someone else, I'm a really yeah. poor photographer because yeah. I'm 100% instinctual. Like this is what we should say and this is where we should sit and this Right. Even in like composition and stuff, it's just like this is it. And if it if then the stipulation is like no, you have to XYZ, I'm not the type that like adapts and like, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why well, just shut down? Like, oh, I right. I don't see anything now. And that's huh. a lot of the like trying not to be uh, for higher photography. I mean, it's it's not great because I don't have a lot of money, but yeah. if someone yeah. says like, I want you to do this, if that's what I also see, then that'd be fine. But if it's not, I really kind of shut down. And it it's not to say I've never been paid for photography, but in the situations where it's worked out really well, like that band, The Used, I eventually yeah. uh, became friends. I've shot two album covers for them now. Yeah, I love that. Um, and yeah. on this album, The Canyon, that was this really personal thing. They asked me to do all the art for the album, the band photos wow. and the wow. liner notes and a little behind the scenes book and the cover and all yes. this stuff. And I said, like, I really want to do this. And I was just close enough friends to be like, here's the problem. I'm, I'm honestly not very good at taking like, well, this is what we want. Like, go do this. Um, but it was such a like beautiful collaborative experience that they just said, I know you know how to make work that feels like this album feels wow. like, wow. will you wow. send suggestions for like what you think it should be? And the very first pass of stuff I sent, like, I think this should be the cover. I think this should be the middle. Uh, maybe I didn't say cover, but I sent like a thing of images and they just wrote back like, yeah, perfect. Mm. And, oh my and, God. And, and I've had people hire me that have followed me a long time and they know someone wrote me and was like, Ryan, please read past this. Don't immediately <laughs> say no. It was like the header of the thing. I was like, okay, that's funny. And it was like, we want to hire you. Don't say no yet. You have to keep reading. We'll pay you That's a good hilarious. rate. You can do absolutely. It was for like a elopement. And they're like, you can oh, do yeah. anything you want. You can shoot on any format. If we get 10 yeah. images, we'll be happy. Like just spend the time and shoot anything you see and it'll it'll work. We promise. And then I even like video chat and I was like, yeah, but do you really mean it? And yeah, they were like, yeah, we yeah. really, really do. Um, and then I did that and it was fine. Cause once I yeah. really believe that, then I even can kind of work in that constraint. Like, oh, I want to do a good elopement and what would be a good couple's portrait. Yeah. But when it's reversed of like, we need you to come do this, my brain's like, no, no. So I'm like a little toddler. I have to be like reverse yeah. psychology yeah. and tricked yeah. into it and like total freedom of like you can do anything you want. And then I feel like I do a really good job. But I I have not figured I don't know. I you know, maybe yeah. if I advertise that more in those words of like, I will do it under these conditions. But part of it feels like so arrogant to write, you know, like, so you want to hire me. Here's the 20 point checklist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you want these photos for your money. So I, I don't know. I think I think that there's people who do that. There's there's photographers who are, who are like this is my style. I won't do table shots. I won't do whatever. You know what I mean? I th- I think I don't think that's I think if somebody wants you specifically, I mean they they'll they, they'll kind of understand that. Like when you when you said you I, I would 
have done the same thing. I would have been like, whatever you want, Ryan. Literally, we'll jump in the pool. It's fine. Like, <laughs> we'll go underwater. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's probably that's that's probably something I should do to be honest. Because I I, yeah. I love shooting and I don't even mind mixing it up. It's not like oh I yeah, don't yeah. do elopements or I wouldn't do a couple or I don't right. do family stuff. Right. It's more the condition of I just see how I see. It's like such, yeah. it's like the classic ar- arrogant artist thing, but it really it really is true for me. And if you want that, whatever it you know, and I'm not trying to be a psychopath. If it was like we wanted a port <laughs> picture yeah. of us together, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, I'm not seeing that right now. It's just <laughs> the if you need it to look a certain way, I cannot guarantee that. I don't want right. to take your money in exchange for the promise that you will get this specific thing. I will do right. my absolute best and be kind and respectful, but I just shoot by instinct. And if that isn't working for what you need, and that's how I got, that's why I got fired from the movie. Very, very justly. I couldn't do it right. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, that set stuff, especially if you're doing like the production sales, you don't have any control. Yeah. You're the lowest possible rung. Like you have to stand here. And my brain was like, well, that's not a good photo. It's not a good. And, you know, I was like, oh, wow, you're not good at this. Yeah. So yeah. very justly fired. <laughs> the the like behind the scenes stuff is fun. If you could like be a fly on the wall. Oh, have but... you seen Mary Ellen Mark's book of set oh, photography? Yes. It's incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. To yeah. be like, you know, an unbelievable level artist where like Fellini and Scorsese yeah. and Francis Ford Coppola were like, please come take some stuff on the making of this. That'd be a dream. But I'm sure right. she had the ability to, you know, like get something beautiful that you know when the director's like we want this artist here yeah. to make this thing then that's a little bit different yeah see that's how i feel like there's always in my little bit of paid work that i've done there's always a catch people say they want to hire you for you yeah, and this might be like it. a little bit of a scornness that i feel <laughs> or something that where they're like and then <laughs> i'll never forget the the wedding the, the last paid wedding thing that i did they were like we need this picture of a pillow, of the pillow that grandma gave me with the rings and all. And I was like, it's the uh-huh. ugliest damn pillow. Like, how are you going to get a good picture of a pillow with, you know, it's just didn't, it wasn't connecting with me. And they were just militant about it. They're like, well, no, we got to do the pillow. And I'm like, oh, but I'm not. And, and again, I wasn't trying to be like the, that's just too below me to do a pillow shot you know i wasn't trying to be cool about it but i was like it's just not working where we are maybe we can try it somewhere else you know like let's yeah. just move on to the next thing because we're really wasting the day on this pillow yeah. and, and then it was just nasty after that and it was like well you wanted me for me and it was weird that, and i that's why i just don't think i mesh well with that wor- world you know i think it's fair yeah, for yeah. a client to say we're giving you the money do the service like right. that's that's mm-hmm. the whole bargain i just I, I see myself fall apart in it. And then I'm like, well, now you're just doing a disservice to this people. But, mm. you know, I, I also need a better way to survive. So I'm not, I don't have strong opinions <laughs> on how yeah. anybody does anything. I, I love that though, because like photography is like, seems like it's just for you, you know? Like, I love that. I mean, I'm lucky that my, my career is also my hobby. A lot of photographers, even some that we've talked to, like I just do it for work. And I don't take it with me anywhere else. And I can't imagine just leaving it at work, you know, because mm. it's just it's my creative outlet, too. I, I just needed it so bad when yeah, I started. Yeah. Like it was it was, say, you know, the cliche, like it was kind of saving my life. Like it was mm. such a pure 
endeavor. Like I was working so hard and I knew what I needed to feel looking at it. And I knew what I needed the experience to like provide for my life. And it's, it's really kind of sacred to me. Like I've also had some really intense personal photographic experiences. I designed a project that would scare me the most I could put myself out there where I shot these long exposure nude self-portraits with a friend. Wow. And I've shot images right before all three of my grandparents died. And I had a niece that died at 10 days old and I shot most of her life and her funeral. And I've shot several times. I've shot portrait sessions for friends and family friends dying of cancer right before they died and then shot their funerals. And it just, creativity and shooting occupies this really, in the best case scenario, just this really profound confrontational examination space. And I have a really hard time mixing that with, I'll take X amount of dollars to deliver X amount of experience and images. Wow. Yeah. So I I, I just think of uh, your work and and seeing the emotion that you get from people too. And I, I just don't know how to get there with people. I like, I want to be a portrait photographer so bad. And I'm the guy who's always walking around in alleyways, taking pictures of houses. Like, and it's just crazy (laughs) because I get so scared to get, because I've been in those situations of where I've, I I remember shooting with a woman that had throat cancer and she had, Mm. um, she had like the speaker box put in and she wrote a book and she saw something in my work and was like, I want you to photograph me. And I was like, okay. And like those three shots that I took that we used were like the most magical moments ever. Like I felt like I was going inside of her and man, the, I mean, it was such sad stuff too. Cause it was like, this woman's life was ruined from throat cancer and she wasn't a smoker. And it wasn't, it wasn't like something where it was like, she deserved it, you know? And I, I feel like I, I want that. I want that all the time. Like when I when I work with people, but it's so I mean, how do you do it? How do you get inside with these people and 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 get that? Like that uh, man, well, I just don't know how you do it. The the condensed answer I would say is it one hmm, let's see <laughs> how to answer this. Um yeah. I'm working with people that aren't paying me. And Often I'm working with people who have followed my work or listened to me speak or something. So there's a lot of liberty to say, we can approach this however we want. And I like to say, I don't really like photo shoots. I don't really like the, let's set this up. Let's pose you. Let's now let's change this like arrested development, like glasses off, hair up, hair down, glasses (laughs) off. I, I just don't know what to do, but what I am and what I'm good at, is I love watching how people hold themselves. I love how people mm-hmm. physically communicate when it's not about to be a photo taken. Like right now you're resting, you know, with your hands right here and one finger on your lip. And to me that communicates so much. But mm. if we were going to take a photo, it would probably not be there. So I just right. reverse engineer it. I just try to say like, "Hey, I'd love to work together." As almost like a thought experiment. Yeah. What would make this photo shoot memorable and special and worth it to you if we didn't take photos? Like consider the time we're about to spend wow. together without the images. And one of the most profound photography moments 
ever. I've been to one photography workshop. I paid and went to Tanya Lippert's workshop. And 99% of it was a horrible fit for me. She wanted to make people dance together. It was really extroverted Mm -hmm. and interactive in ways that made me super uncomfortable. At one point in the workshop, she set up this exercise where she said, everyone's going to draw emotions out of a hat. And then you're going to pair up and you have to go photograph the other person. And you know, I got like agony or envy or something. And I yeah. paired up and my brain was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Yeah. And then I was paired up with the person and I was setting up my portrait and Tanya was walking around and I was clicking some stuff and she walked over and said, I, you know, I had my camera up and she said, oh, are you taking one of the images you'd want to share with people from the exercise? And I'm pretty good at being honest. And I was like, no. And she said, oh, then why do you have your camera up? Mm. Uh, and I went, huh. you know, another millionth of a second thing I went, because uh, I'm terrified. I'm worried I'm not going to do a good enough job. I don't know how to get through the next 10 minutes. And at least with this thing in front of my face, I don't have to face it. Like I get to hide behind this thing. And I, and then, and then in the years that followed, examining the energy of that, I was like, I want beauty. I want vulnerability. I want openness. And I want them to do it. And when they do it, I'll take it and show it to everyone and tell them that it's mine. Mm. And then in that examination, I was like, oh, shit, that's not very fair to them. The expectation is you do something worthy of being one of my photos. And when you do, I'll take it. And so I got into this thing of, just like I said, I mean, I know people can't see the video, but you're you're both holding your hands by your face in interesting ways. (laughs) And I thought that's what is a good portrait to me. How people are sitting and holding themselves when it's not a photo is what I wish these portraits were. So I get into the, let's be somewhere in light I want to shoot in. I'll have cameras ready. I'm really fast at metering. I shot enough that I know. And then let's be here. Let's talk. And inevitably in the talk, my most common photo shoot is direction is, oh, don't move and hold that. (laughs) And in in a kind of, you have to know me for it not to be weird thing. I'm constantly cutting people off in moments of vulnerable storytelling. Like we'll get into something and they'll be like, yeah, well, my mom, you know, I, I don't talk about this a lot, but she, and I'm like, stop talking all the time because as soon as people get into the thing wow that's the thing and i you know it's not a surprise i tell them like i'm gonna do this yeah. to you so yeah maybe your job in this part of your job in this can be when i say that you don't have to freeze or anything but try to just hold on to what it is we're feeling while you were talking but then immediately stop talking and stop moving and i do it <laughs> over and over and over hmm. and then to the mechanics of it you know it's not like I just wait. I'll all the time set something up. Oh, and another huge thing, I demonstrate everything. Because if, you know, people are like, people are on the floor with their hands and they're, you got this stuff. Like, how do you set that up? Number one, I come up with a terrible photo idea. What if you were in the corner and maybe your head's against the wall and you're, I love hands. So maybe hands by your face. And I'm doing this. I'm sitting in the spot doing it, looking stupid. And then the immediate first reaction is, oh, well, I'm going to look better doing that than you. You look ridiculous. Not that they're saying (laughs) that, but you know, they're good at, they're the person that's shooting. And so then when they get there, 
you know, they try and do the thing I was doing and whatever. And I take a few frames. I'm like, oh, great. That was really nice. Thanks. And you, I set the camera down and another absolute best thing about film. Now I'm not checking the back of the camera. And I just trained myself yeah. to, as soon as you're done shooting, pay attention because the actual photo is about to happen. Because, you know, wow. people are, you know, I'm like, oh, hold your hand, close your face, like lost in translation or whatever. And we yeah. take a few frames and it's okay, but it's not great. And then I say, great, we got it. Thanks. And I set my camera down and then people just immediately collapse into now that I don't have to do this, I can go back to how, not that they're thinking about it, but now I get to go back to holding myself how I want. And then all, you know, immediately, oh, don't, oh, don't move. This is at this. And I just do that mm. over and over and over. Wow. And I also love shooting with people for hours and hours and hours. So I have enough time to let a few of those things happen. Yeah, that's that was like kind of the I'm next question. I'm not good at is, posing. People really yeah, think I'm yeah. being <laughs> modest with that, but I'm very, yeah. very not. I'm very observant and I train myself how to create circumstances where the things I think are beautiful will happen and work in a way where I am then able to capture that stuff. And I mean, you can 100% see that in your yeah. work too. I mean, that's the that's the stuff that I mean, I'm attracted to when I look at the photographs you make is mm -hmm. just the, I, I, I mean, you explained it so well. I, I just, I just, I, I was curious if, I mean, you don't just go into these things and start firing right off the bat. Like you go in and you have, you have a purpose, you have a conversation, you have, you know, all that stuff. But and I then, don't have photo ideas. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. going to ask. That was my next question. None. I have no idea wow. for ideas for photos ever. See, that's like, to me, because you, we've, I used to, do a lot of work with musicians and I'm kind of like itching to get back to that kind of work but I would have these ideas in my head and like I would try to explain and plan it out but then it never it, very rarely did it go that way and what what we ended up with was way better anyway so you can plan all day long but that know? is some people's strengths like Tanya it whose is, workshop yeah. I went to she'd be like I just had a vision and she will spend 14 hours if she has to, to execute wow. it until it's there. Yeah. And then she's like, yep, that's exactly what I meant. And I'm just not like that at all. So I think yeah. it's just about learning who you are as a creative, like how you best right. express yourself and what work ends up meaning the most to you. Cause now I, I have such a beautiful thing of, you know, sometimes you run into the like, Oh, oh, don't move like that's it. And then people get self-conscious like, oh, mm, I hold myself yeah. weird or I do this. But then just through the conversation of like, it really will be beautiful. Trust me. I've had people write me like five years later, you know, when Facebook or something reminds you of an image and they're like, oh my God, that's how I, that's how I sit when I feel like that. And I had a really, really beautiful, meaningful one of that. I just uh, spoke at the Long Live Film Indie Film Labs workshop last year. Mm. Mm -hmm. And there's a photographer there named Mo, who I had wanted to work with for a long time. And we finally had to chan the chance to do this really late night, like three hour shoot. Mm. And she wasn't feeling great uh, physically, emotionally, everything. Um, but she liked my work and I liked hers and we just went through it. And I finished the images and sent them to her. And she was like, wow, I, I, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it was something to the effect of I was not feeling good and they look like I'm not feeling good, but that's okay. Mm. Cause wow. They look just like I was feeling. Mm. I was wow. like that. Yeah. I love that. Like that's, you know, for someone to, that's better for me that mm -hmm. it it's, it's some honest capture of some thing. I've, I've, I always think of my work as like half 
I don't want to say editorial because it's not for a magazine, but you know, it's a little modely. Yeah. It's a oh, little yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. whatever, but mixed with like, that's how that person really holds themselves and that's how they really express themselves and that's how they sit and that's how they were mixed with me then being like the light and the tone of it and choosing the film and the camera. So it's like a mix of documentary and then using these kind of like cinematic elements to make it feel the way I want it to feel. Oh, yeah. Cinematic is the perfect word. That's my favorite compliment. <laughs> yeah, literally. Do you ever catch yourself shooting for anyone other than yourself? Like with the trends of Instagram and, and all Ooh, that yeah. stuff. Are you ever no. bugged by that or it's always just about you? N no. And I don't mean, I, I sure don't mean to come off arrogant about it, but it's, I guess it's just how it started and where it came from. It, it's yeah. so, I, I can't do it. Like yeah, I, I just get that feeling from you that it's not, yeah. you know, which I'd love to have. To even a little <laughs> bit, you know, I'm kind of talking about that like I'm amazing about it, but even a little bit detrimental. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I want to make a mood board of stuff I'm inspired by and work on a concept and explore. Mm. And I almost just can't. I just see what I'm, I see when I'm there. You know, I, I have to a certain degree. Like I saw the work of Antoine d'Agata, this magnum photographer who shot this long mm. exposure, really visceral stuff. And I thought, Oh, I hadn't really thought of like long exposure self-portraits. Like I'm going to do that. But but it but beyond, you know, beyond the like this is the technical setup. I've never really been able to execute a concept based on what's going on. Interesting. Yeah, it's like almost surprising cuz to me when I look at your work it seems like like so thought out. Yeah, like right? so like, yeah. not at all so, at all at all. The, ah, wow, it's like that's just incredible. And, and and that took the huge another amazing something another really pivotal thing for me was when I was working on movies and I had started to kind of take pictures. I got to work with this director of photography named Julio Macat, and he was amazing and I and so friendly too. And I was sharing that I wanted to get in photography and all this. And I, you know, he he's incredible. And I kind of just said you know, like the cheesy, like what advice do you have for beginning photographers? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the question I hate answering. And he said, yeah. oh, you have to learn to see light. Like everyone knows that, you know, 4 p.m., 6 p.m. in California with light in the air, everyone knows that's beautiful light and it all looks good. What you have to do is learn to see it in all circumstances. Wow. And that became mm. so important to me because like how we're talking, what if the moment arises and it's 2 a.m.? And all you have is a desktop lamp. That's what happened with Mo right. at the shoot in Alabama. We were in a convention center hotel room that wasn't all that aesthetic and there was no light. We had the click on, click wow. off uh -huh. lamp with the alarm clock and that was it to do the whole shoot. But I spent mm. so long getting into the any light is enough light to make your work. It might not wow. be very flexible and there might not be a lot you know, you might have to hold your head like this so that the light is on your face and you can't really work with it, but that needs to be enough for you to wow. make your work. And I'll, I'll shoot in any kind of light. I don't feel restricted by the time of day, the type of light, anything. That's, that's <laughs> how many times I've been like, well, sorry, <laughs> it's the wrong light, you know, yeah. that's, yeah, that's so cool. Damn. Yeah. When I teach, I have a little slideshow called the types of light. 
And it always feels yeah. real like photo 101, like cheesy. <laughs> but I just like yeah. to show like I've made priceless images to me in super harsh light using fluorescent tubes, you know, like yeah. anything is enough for something. It, it's not enough to do a lot, but it's enough to make something. Man, that's that's killer advice. I love that. Yeah. I wouldn't be uh, doing old me a service if I didn't ask. I, I probably <laughs> watched that. Uh, what was it? Frame the film show that you did yeah. seasons one and two, probably a million times when I was coming <laughs> up into film photography and all that stuff. How did that all come about? I just M- loved marijuana. it so much. Marijuana. <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> yes. It's, it's actually a real beautiful story for me. Uh, the short version is. I got into photography. I wanted to shoot people. I was too scared to shoot people. Someone told me that models were a group of people who wanted you to take their photo. I thought, Mm -hmm. thank God, I really need that. I did a lot of work with models. I didn't know what you were supposed to do. So I got hairstylists and all these people and people liked the work. And in a couple of years, my Facebook page had 200,000 followers. Mm. And I was getting feedback on it that wasn't what I wanted. It was really weird. I was very depressed. It was very emotional for me. And I was getting feedback like, oh, I wish I was you or I wish I was them. Wow. Or, yeah. And while it feels so dopamine good to get a ton of feedback and have a hundred thousand people tell you yeah. they like your work, I, I, I wasn't communicating what I wanted to. And to be fair, my work wasn't there yet. The images weren't communicating what I was trying to say. So how can you hold that against people? It was just I felt the lack of what I was saying about my work. So one night at like 2 a.m. when I was super high, I don't smoke anymore, but I did there for a second. Um, I had a moment of self-reflection like, what's wrong? What's the problem? And I, I wrote it. I don't write very often, but I got out a journal and I wrote, I'm getting all this feedback on my work. It's I'm really grateful for it but I'm not saying what's going on for with me. I wish I could do a thing where I talked about what was going on with me, talked about why I was trying to shoot, went out and try and did the thing that I was talking about, and then came back and talked about how it went and how I felt about how it mm. went. And at the end of that, I had like two and a half pages and I wrote a little video production company who had just started and was like, we want to make photography content. And I wrote them and I said, do you want to make this? And they wrote back and said, yes. And wow. that, that was the film show. There it was. Wow. It's so cheesy and so low budget, but I'm still really proud of it because it came from a yeah. very pure place of, for me personally, I need the communication about what's going on with the work and why. And then that helped lead to making imagery that was more in line with that. You know, once you've said out loud, I don't want to be in magazines. I don't like hairstyling. I don't like makeup. I like that models exist because I'm too scared to ask people to take their photos. And when someone's job is, hi, I'm here for you to take my photo. That's such a godsend to me, but I don't want to do fashion work. I don't want to do beauty work. I want to work with these people who are saying you can take my photo to communicate melancholy and loss Mm. and introspection. And then once I had the chance to say that out loud, that gave people the opportunity to say, oh, I want to do that. And then that took a lot of the legwork out of, well, how do you talk people into doing this? You know, it it let people know what it was I was going for. And I hadn't really been taking that much advantage of that on my social media before that. I just, I I loved, I loved that series. I just, 
I don't know. That's when I fell in love with you guys and and you and your work. And it just and it helps so much being, you know, coming, getting into photography and just it was just really cool. I just wanted to I had to say something about it while we had you here. Yeah. (laughs) Just thanks. Thanks so much for that. Well, I appreciate it. It meant a lot to me to do. I met one of my best friends. That's how I met Rachel. Like I met Jan yeah. and yeah. Rachel yeah. doing that. Like it led to a lot of really important stuff for me. Will there ever be a season three? <laughs> no, I really doubt it. But I would. But I, <laughs> I really, I'm, I'm just so bad at organizing and being in charge of stuff. If someone wanted to make more stuff like that with me hosting it and doing it, I'd be so down. Oh yeah, good to know. Good to All know. Right, universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, universe. Hire me to be your whatever that is. <laughs> I don't know. I just loved. I thought it was great with like the you guys doing the the little. Oh, why can't I think of the word? Like where you're talking by yourself and talking. Yeah, about the little your confession experience. booth. Confession. There. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, My we saw that from totally like blank. Big Brother or whatever. Uh-huh. But, uh-huh. Yeah. but I, I really, yeah, I really wanted that. So yeah, so we filmed cool. confession at the start of each day and at the end of each day. So how long was season, that process? Ten days on the first season. Sometimes oh, we're filming it. two wow. of those a day. So we do wow. two intros, oh go work for like 12 hours, and then film two outros. So a lot of the episodes are the same day. No kidding. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I know that now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with listener question for Ryan right after this message from our sponsor. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Just wanted to pop in here quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only Develop and Hang Nights. Now, we've done a bunch of these already. They're a ton of fun. We talk shop. We develop some film. We also try to get a former guest for these. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Like we say, Patreon is the best way to support the show. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this one's actually a former guest, Chris Visser. Hey, buddy. Hi, Chris. And he wanted to know, you've described your work before as taking pictures of your friends, but most people have friends and most people don't take pictures like you. So often there's a quiet intensity that your models possess in your work. What do you think it is about you and your approach to your shoots that allows your models to tap into that feeling? Um, In the best case scenarios, one, like we've talked about earlier in the podcast, once I started putting out there what it was I was doing and why, it gave people the opportunity to interact with that before our shoot. You know, I could link them to this podcast. Mm. I could link them to interviews I've done and say like, right. this is this is what I'm about. And it gives people the opportunity to be like, oh, that sounds interesting. 
I want to do that. And then in the actual shooting approach, I like to say, I really like to say like, the goal for me on this shoot would be to get to the end of the shoot and visualize all the film being destroyed, lost, you know, UPS lost the package. Like there's nothing we're getting back from this. And to still think, I'm glad I spent that time. I, I like what happened regardless of the images. And then mixed with not having my camera in front of my face all the time, giving it space to be what it is and then work with that. I think a lot of the people I work with, it's so hard for me to speak for people. It's, you know, you could like get them on and then they'll be like, that's not true at all. But I I think (laughs) I'm okay at cultivating this space of tremendously low expectation. You know, the Buddhist thing of expectation is suffering. Like I need it to be this. And if it's different than that, it is going to be a disappointment. And I like to have the energy of, I don't expect anything. I don't need you to wear anything specific, to do anything specific. I don't need these images to go anywhere. They don't have to complete this part of a project. It, I want to take pictures. I love taking pictures. I love sharing them. I love printing them. I love having them. But I want it to feel how we want it to feel outside of the photography. So just I think that just that mindset. And then... Also, I'm not a fake it till you make it guy at all. I'm not a, whoa, this is going great. Like, yeah, this is really interesting. While in my head being like, oh, this isn't it. But just keep Uh going. You'll get there. I'm very transparent about how I feel about it. If I, if, I mean, people that know me when they shoot with me, when I get excited, I get very excited. I make explosion noises while I'm shooting. And I think that's the thing that most (laughs) surprises people when they come to my workshops. I'm really bubbly and hyper and funny and excited while I'm shooting these very melancholy Uh images a lot of the time. But I'm just transparent about my excitement. And if I set something up like, come over here and you're doing this, if it really isn't working, I'll just say, oh, oh, this isn't it at all. Like, it's not on you. Like, you're, you're doing amazing. And I'm having such a good time. But like, this isn't it. Let's just switch it up. And I feel like that level of I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I'm if it's going great, we'll know it's going great. And if it's going po- right. if it's not I don't want to say going poorly, but if this isn't something I think we'd be proud of, I'll say that out loud so that I yeah. hope there's this energy of because I I don't think I, I don't want to say that. I was going to say I don't think a lot of photographers. I should only speak for myself. Sheep. In the time when I was hiding behind the camera, I feel like I was unfairly putting a lot on the subject. They're in the position of, of, mm. of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You're not. You know, you're, you've got your own stuff going on, but the vulnerable person is them. So I like to just sit there in that same space of here we are holding ourselves and talking and thinking things without my camera. And wow. then when it's that thing of like, oh, that's it, that's beautiful, then I take pictures. But I'll stop taking pictures all the time. And I also give people the disclaimer of, I kind of stare a lot. I like to feel how the situation and the photo feels to me before I'm shooting. Not like, oh, that's it. Hold on. Let me grab my camera. If it's like, oh, wow, that. I like to sit there and look at it and think, 
this is how this feels to be here right now while this thing is happening. And it also leads to the answer to a question I get a lot of like, how do, how do you make your images feel like that? They feel like that sitting there. <laughs> you know, the shooting, it becomes the really simple part. Like they feel yeah. like that because that's exactly how it felt sitting there. And I tried to spend at least a few seconds sitting there feeling it before I shot it. How do you teach that in your in your workshops? Like how do you Yeah, are people Well, funny are you should mention that? that. I have an upcoming workshop on the Ooh, Oregon coast go. in August and all the links will be in my social media. Funny, I, I shouldn't say funny. What if no one laughs? Um, <laughs> when I start the workshops, the first thing I do is like a 4-hour this. Sit down okay. and talk mm. about what's going on with me. What I'm thinking about what's going well, what isn't, what I've been making, what I've been fa failing to make. And inevitably, at some point in, I'll open up first, you know, expecting someone to do something you're not willing to do is weird in a photography context. And while I'm in the middle of saying like, you know, in the last six months, two close family friends were killed in car accidents. Both my grandparents died, mm. my cat died, and I found out I had skin cancer. And I'm not doing that great right now. That was my last workshop, just talking about it. And then inevitably looking at around the room of how everyone's sitting there talking and listening to things that are emotionally engaging. I'll just say, everyone freeze. Don't nobody move a muscle. Start looking around the room. And I'm like, there, that's all mm. my posing people right there. Wow. Man, and and it's go. always there. Everyone's holding <laughs> themselves in such a yeah. unique way. And I'm like, look, if that was a portrait, how expressive would that be? Yeah. That's how I do it. Wow. And then figuring out a way to mix with, I want to take a picture of that and people and not ruining it, figuring out a dialogue, figuring out yeah. a conversation of how are we going to work shooting into this stuff that keeps showing up? Because that's the hardest part. <laughs> I've <laughs> Do it. Just about, if I had a dollar for every time I've, I've like had the camera up and been like, I'm hiding right now. Like I know it when it's happening. Yeah. I feel it, you know, and I never heard somebody else say it like that. Like, oh, I'm hiding. I'm hiding. That's what I'm doing. Yep. And faking until I make it, man. I hate I hate that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, hate, I, I hate that. That's like the worst feeling ever when it's not happening and you're pretending it is. Ah, yeah. Well. I learned early on that. Uh, I didn't have clients, so I didn't have to. There was no impetus for me to be fa yeah, faking yep, stuff. Yep, yep. That's another funny feedback. People, you know, sometimes people at conferences I'm speaking at come up and they're like, "I loved that. Like that is a ton of insight. Like, how would you mix that with clients?" And I'm like, "Oh, I have no idea. It doesn't sound like it would work <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it would. Yeah. Um, but I love teaching. I love, love, yeah. love it because I feel like a lot of the people that come to the workshops I do are like wedding photographers or have their photo businesses and have the energy of like, I want to like my personal work more. I want it to feel mm. more like mm. me. Yeah. I feel that from your imagery. And then it's just time spent together talking about that. You know, it's, it's pretty, we have dinner together. We have meals together. There's all this time to just sit there. And it makes me nervous because, you know, how do you sell that? What's that workshop description of like, come be together and <laughs> see but but that really is kind of like the core of it like yeah spend time together talking about who you are and what you care about and what mean means something to you and then work on learning some of the tools to translate that 
into imagery. And I teach a lot with my friend Jan Palmer, who's a family photographer and just does brilliant, brilliant work. I love it so much. And she's, we're like the male and female version of each other. So it's such, and she runs a business and does well at it, has tons of clients. So we really have a like male, female, just so many like contrasting things with the exact same heart of like, this is how I want to do it and why. And our, yeah, our next one's in August on the Oregon coast. I'm actually going to post about it today or tomorrow, but. Oh, great. It's yeah, we'll make to sure to link that I, in the show notes and stuff, too. Oh, thanks. Too. And yeah. I, love, yeah, I love the Oregon coast so much, so it's going to mm. be special. I've, I've been to a ton of workshops when I was a wedding photographer, and your, yours sounds like it's the it's the thing that people are looking for most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's I feel like that's like I would much rather go and spend my time learning to connect with people to become a better photographer than like learning uh, about you know, shutter whatever. speed. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I do tech. I do technical stuff. I'm really good at metering and light and I walk around and show how I set up shots and show yeah. the light and show how I meter and say why I'm choosing the specific type of film. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to hide the technical aspects of it, but the focus is you have to just be there and right. spend this time and then wait for it to show up and then understand how to turn that into imagery. Love it. It's amazing. Thanks, man. So this is the two-part camera question. Since Do we, it. We, I'm ready. We actually we didn't we didn't <laughs> we didn't actually gear out at all this this episode. I'm so proud Favorite of us. camera, <laughs> Canon 5D original. Just, <laughs> yeah. just kidding. That was my first camera, though. Oh, I'm wrong. It was a Canon 10D. I thought Ooh, so because it was. I, heard yeah, from I, a, from I said another, that I was wrong. And uh, I. It's funny how like the the digital camera. I like knew what 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 era that was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that was that, my first that digital friend too. on the movie set that told me to take the photo. I borrowed a Canon 10D. Man. Wow, that's how that's that how long ago that was. A little teeny tiny yeah. screen yeah. on that yeah. guy. That's such a small six megapixels. Yep. Hit wow. me. What's my camera question? Desert Island camera and lens. Oh, yeah, yeah the first the first one is <laughs> is Desert Island camera. It's like the one camera you just can't live without. The Pentax six seven with the seventy five millimeter two point eight AL lens. Mm, uh, man, unbelievably wow. beautiful yeah. negatives. Has almost that like large format work, but I can't shoot on a tripod. I need to be able to move around, and I shoot close all the time. And that 35 millimeter equivalent lens focuses down to like seven inches. That's my number wow, one wow. lens in the history of photography. And the Pentax 6.7 would, without a doubt, that's my Desert Island camera and lens. Yeah, great combo. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good combo. Yeah. yeah, good answer. And then part two, it's it's you've probably had a million cameras, but we call it the <laughs> white whale camera. Is there anything out there that you've always wanted to have and you just never had a chance to have it, or you had it and you don't have it anymore? What is that camera? Here's the tra- here's the financial tragedy of my life. Like five years ago, I sold the X-Pan with all three oh, really? lenses, including the 30, including the external finder, including all the center-weighted filters, and I sold the entire oh. kit for $5,300. No. Wow. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. And I, t- to be honest, it's kind of weird to call that my white whale camera because I don't even think I made very good work with it. It's just so fun to own. So it is um, fun. Yeah. I guess getting the X Pan back would be my white whale. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. And one more. Do you remember yeah, Clubhouse? Do, do you remember Clubhouse? Yeah, for four days. I remember yeah, like everyone yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. The I, week I of have... Clubhouse? 
Yeah. I still have a screenshot. I have a screenshot in my camera roll of when we all changed our icons to cats and you were only allowed to talk with a cat icon. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I just I had to bring it up because it, it made me laugh so hard that day. And then, yeah, Clubhouse just went away. Clubhouse was cracking me up because, you know, Instagram's just such a toilet now that everyone's just yeah. so desperate for anyone else. Desperate. Everyone was like, well, yep. get on here and then just change your profile photo to the photo you're talking about. And I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. my God, we just oh need God. Instagram to work again. Uh-huh. Oh, poor okay. Instagram. Well, let's yeah. not get too into that. That's depressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a rabbit hole that never ends. Anything else, Chris, that you can think of? No, Ryan, this was fantastic. Thank you so much. We're yeah, this is just yeah, been great. This Thank was you. So cool. Come to my workshops. I need to buy, yes. buy veggie bacon. Oh, hell yeah. We're going to tell Save. So where can everybody check you out? Website, where can they find out about the workshop? Instagram, where are you? Um, right, I'll have everything? a link on my Instagram bio. My friend, Yan Palmer, I think her website's just yanpalmer.com is where all the seats are available through all the PayPal links and everything's on that. We're teaching okay. in the on the Oregon coast in August and in Australia, wow. uh, Sydney and Melbourne in December. Awesome. Timothy, where are you? Sorry, oh, I, got, no. <laughs> I was thinking about going to Australia for a second. No worries. Guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Timothy Makeups. I also have some older YouTube stuff. Easiest way to find that. Just go to the search bar, type in Timothy Makeups, timothymakeups.com. That's it for me. Chris, where are you? So I am Chris B. Photo on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And we're Analog Talk Pod on Twitter and Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. Woo! That's it. Woo! Ryan, thank you. You're, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you are so great. very welcome. So fun. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. First off, Chris and I want to thank Ryan. Man, one of our highly, highly recommended guests to get on the show. You're a, you're a bucket list guest for Chris and I. Absolutely love your work, love your passion, love everything that you said in this episode, man. Like solid, solid info. I hope you guys have your notebooks out and you're taking notes because so much good info on this. Ryan, thanks again. You have a great message and thanks so much. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For only a buck, you can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon-only development hang nights over there and a bunch of stuff in the archives. Like we always say, Patreon is the best way to support the show. Patreon.com slash analog talk. All right, that's going to be it. And until next week, we will see you with an all-new episode. Keep shooting, guys. We'll see you soon. Later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.